that God is able. Amen. Last week we began, thank you ushers, we began with our theme scripture, and that will be Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3, we want to look into that right now. Ephesians chapter 3, my goodness, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And it says, now unto him who is able. <laughs> and um, the ableness of God. Uh, no, you don't have to stand. Um, the ableness of God. Uh, the fact that God is able. And last week I told you, and I'm going to go through the series of scriptures to show you that there's nothing too hard for God. I want to say this tonight because I believe that there are times when we limit in our minds because we don't have a true understanding of the power and the sovereignty of God. That God has the power to do whatever he wants to do. Amen. Now the question now for you and I is, how do we appeal to a God that is able? You see, the one thing is to know that he's able, to believe that he's able. I'm reminded of the disciples who could not cast out the demon out of a young boy. And Jesus, Jesus hit them like this. You said, listen, y'all, the problem is you guys don't have faith. And whatever we accept about God tonight, my goodness, we have to accept it. I got a crowd tonight that understand what I'm talking about. We have to accept it by what? By faith. Then the question is, what is faith? It's a good question, right? Faith is the what? Come on, help me. The, the evidence of things what? Amen. The, the evidence of things hopeful. In other words, you already have in your life somewhere evidence that there's a God. I told you last week that there's general revelation. That means when you go outside and you look around, you know there's a God. This planet, the way it was created, you, how you were created, right? And, and then you have what? Special revelation. Listen, if believers would spend more time in their Bibles, they will spend less, they would spend less time worrying about things they cannot change. You with me? Here's what I'm saying to you. The more time you spend in the word in special revelation, the more you come to know the God of the Bible. And you come to rely on the revelation that you get from the word. All right? So, so, so we said in Ephesians that God is able to do far more abundantly. Mm -hmm. What? All that we ask. Amen. And one of the things we have to understand is that God is able because of God's attributes the fact that he's omnipotent. Amen. 
He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Amen. And he's omnipresent. Now, you guys have heard these terminologies before, right? Right? So God is everywhere. How is this? Does anybody know that? This Bible study, right? Yes, but also there's something else to that. God is spirit. <laughs> and, and because God exists out of time and time was created for us, that's how God can be here, there, and at the same time. See what I'm saying? Now, aren't you glad tonight that you got that revelation? Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you. Because no matter where you end up, God is able. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Watch this. And he'll show up. See, sometimes we don't know it's God that's showing up. Sometimes we think, oh, yeah, it was just somebody passing by. And, you know, God does not show up in a body. But God can orchestrate a body. God can move situations and circumstances and, and all kinds of things to get that person. Listen. Come here, come here, Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go. He said, no, nah, I, I ain't going, I ain't going with God. No, you know what I'm doing? Shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm packing up and I'm going to Joppa. He paid his fat. Let me tell you something. Anytime you run from the presence of God, listen, let me tell you something. Run from him and see what, find, what, what happens. Watch this, watch it. You run from him, he will find you. The Bible says, here's Jonah, he got on the shore. Why would you even run in the presence of God? Right? He's running the presence of God. He want to accept it. You got to understand that God has an assignment for your life. God has a specific assignment for you. And you can keep running if you want. Tell your neighbor God is able. Listen, he's so able. He'll, in the end, you will end up doing exactly what he wants you to do. Jonah is on the way, the Bible says, and he gets on the ship, and he went down to the belly of the ship, and watch this now, and like most depressed people, he was sleeping. <laughs> Listen, he figured, he figured something. Here's what he figured. He figured that I could run from God. I'm, I, I think I'm talking to somebody tonight. I think I'm talking to somebody tonight. Listen, listen. You can't run from your assignment. You can't run from what God has. Now listen, you may take some turns in the, in the way and you may do a little bit of detouring, but eventually you will end up right back to where God wants you to be. Watch this. Jonah went down to the belly of the ship and he sleep. And it just so happened. <laughs> It just, look, I'm trying to show you how omniscient God is and how omnipresent he is and how omnipotent he is, right? On this particular day, at this particular time, on this particular ship, tell your neighbor God is able. Okay, uh, on this particular moment in time, watch this. Jonah, Jonah's ship got hit <laughs> by a storm. The water starts 
coming over. They're like, man, something is wrong. They're throwing over the cargo. They're throwing away everything. Everything is being thrown off. They're like, what is wrong? What did we do? Now, these men were not believers, but Jonah was a believer. And Jonah comes up. They woke him up and said, man, we're perishing. He's like, man. And he stood there, and as he's looking at the situation, I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Watch this. And listen, you're wondering why, why I know I'm doing right. I know I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I know think why am I in this storm? You better do a check and find out who's on the boat with you. Because there, there's a possibility that somebody on the boat is disobeying God. Somebody on the boat ain't doing what they supposed to do. Jonah comes clean. Hey, man, it's me. It's me, man. Shoot, I'm, I'm the cause of the problem. You know, I, I find that story so inter interesting because, watch this, because God is so able that even when we decide that we want to go our own way, because of his love for us, he won't leave us in our own mess. Even when we think the decision that we made was the right decision, but it was the wrong decision in God's eyes. Thank God for not leaving me in my sin. Thank God for not leaving me in my mistakes, in my stubbornness, in my hard-headedness. He did not leave me in it. Do I have anybody? The Bible says <laughs> they threw him overboard. He's like, man, just throw me overboard, man. Guess what? It's me. <laughs> Do you not know that sometimes you're riding with people who are causing so much pain in your life? You got to pay attention and ask yourself a question. Are we all in obedience to God? What we doing? Don't let sin deceive you. Don't let your appetite, come on somebody, cause you to be so deceived that you think you're doing right and you're saying what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. Jonah said, all right, man, it's me. Throw me over. The Bible says he went and God, so listen, he should have died. But God sovereignly dispatched a fish. Some of you say it's a whale. The Bible doesn't call it a whale. <laughs> a fish. To scoop him up. Isn't God sovereign? That even when you mess up, he got to throw you in a place where you don't want to be. But that place is the very place that will end up saving you. He ends up in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Well, I know somebody else who went into the belly of the earth. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. For three days and three nights. And when he got, when he rose from the dead, come on somebody, he rose with all power in his hands and he has given you and I the power to pray.
and ask. And when we believe, we receive. It comes to pass. Long story short, three days later, the, the, the fish spit him out. And what did, what did Jonah end up doing? He ended up going back and doing what he should have done the first time. Can I ask you a question? Do you like pain? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you say you don't, <laughs> but dang, oh, man, I'm just saying, like, why do you have to go such a long way when you should have just went the right way the first time? God is able. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Go on to 2 Corinthians now. I don't even know how I got there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul writes to Corinthian church. Chapter 9, he's dealing with the fact that chapter 9, chapter 8, he talks about giving, the New Testament giving. You got to catch the context of this because a lot of times we're trying to grab scriptures and we don't like to grab the what? Uh-huh. Back up to verse 6 for me. And you got to understand something. Some of us are struggling financially. Tell your neighbor God is able. God's bank account doesn't end. It's endless. Matter of fact, he owns the owner of the owner of the owner of the owner who owned the bank. Okay, so you ain't good. It don't get no deeper than that. And and as far as your job is concerned, he owns it all. But watch this. Second Corinthians chapter um, nine. Is it nine? Verse six. What is it? But this I say to you. What? Mm hmm. Right. So, so that word compulsion means out of necessity, right? He says, he says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. A lot of times it's not God's ability, it's our ability. It's our ability that's short. Oh, I just said something. Watch, let, me, let me see if I reframe that, right? It is our decisions that causes our lack or our increase, not God's ability. You with me? Watch what he says. He says what? He says, so let each one give as he has what? Purpose in his what? Heart. Not what? Grudgingly or out of compulsion, right? Or necessity. For God loves. Listen, and, 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 and within that context of giving here, he's not talking about giving of your time. He's not talking, he's talking about money. He's talking about money. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 9. Listen, the Corinthian church had promised this other church that they were going to contribute to their needs. They opened their mouth and they made a big pledge. And Paul said, what happened? Y'all said y'all going to do what you say you're going to do, but you ain't doing it. So now I'm reminding, all he's doing here, this is a reminder 
that whatever you, whatever you promise God, deliver on it. Are you with me? Watch this now. Watch this now. And, and then what he says next is really powerful because it ties into your finances. Watch this. And God is what, y'all? There it is. There it is. So tonight I want to just talk about how God is able in your finances. <laughs> Listen, the reason we lack in the kingdom is because we're not trusting God with our finances. Here's the other thing you need to know about that. What you give, what you give, okay, is very important. First of all, he says, he who sows what? Sparingly. That means a little. That means like you have a lot, but you sow a little. Or you have a little and you still won't sow anything. But that little may be little to you, but to God is big because God says, if you were to give me your last dollar by the time you walk out of church, I'll give you $100. See, that's how God works. You go to the mailbox and you didn't realize, man, they, you overpaid something, and then you get a check. You're like, daggone, I don't, do I have anybody have experienced something like that? And you're saying to yourself, man, where did it happen? How did it happen, right? So I believe that because you know God is able... You and I should trust him in sowing. Trust him. Trust him because now you know he's what? There you go. See, we want God to be able to rescue us, to bless us, to, uh, uh, to, to I mean, just to do all kinds of stuff. Bless you at the job. But the question is, when was the last time you really blessed God? For his goodness. For his grace. For what he has already done and, ex and watch this, and exemplified in your life and in my life. Watch this now. Watch this. He says, he says, he says right here, he says, now we ought to sow bountifully. You hear that? Let, let, me, let me break it down to you. This Bible, it is Bible study, isn't it? I, you know, I'd be having to check. Amen. It is Bible study. That's correct. It is Bible study. Watch this. Ooh, Lord Jesus. All right. The word, the word sparingly. Uh, well, the word bountifully. Hmm. It, it, it's where we get our English word eulogy. You know what eulogy is? To speak well of. So he says, he who sows sparingly, little, reaps little. But he who sows bountifully, that word usually, eulogy, the word means blessings, praise, amen, uh, flattering speech. See, a lot of times when we think about giving to God and giving into his kingdom, we, we, we think that, oh, it's just going to come back in finance. No. You, you can go to work tomorrow and your boss may call you in the office and say, you know what, you're doing a great job. You weren't expecting that. See, that's what I'm talking about. And oftentimes what we're, what we're expecting is a return. But we should never expect a return. 
we should expect a blessing. I'm, I, I'm a, I'm, let me see if I can break that down. See, if you're expecting a return, you're going to get a return. But if you're expecting a blessing, it will stretch out longer and further than just a return. Look what he says. He says, uh, he who sows sparingly, all right, will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. He says, he says let me back it up right quick. Where am I? Where am I? Verse 6. Verse 6. He says, he says now, 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 each one uh, must, must do just as he does what? Verse 7. As he does what? See, see here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I want you to understand. If your heart is not in it, keep it. I don't know any pastor going to tell you to keep it. <laughs> Seriously, like if you have to be like, man, shoot, I got to get, get, get some cigarettes tomorrow, man. Shoot, I, shoot, you know, I like to mess with the weed man. You know, weed man, I got to get the weed man some money. You know, <laughs> you know because you got credit. <laughs> you know, you got to pay off your credit bill. You know, because you're going to come looking for you. And don't let him show up at the church looking for you. That or something about it. We got to pray for him, but my my point is this, y'all. Like, 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 seriously, like, like he says, he must do. Each one must do just as he purposes in heart, not grudgingly. See that? Not what? Not grudgingly. Right? And and and, and it's interesting because this word metaphorically, the word means to actually like grieve at like a funeral. Like to grieve. There are people who grieve like, man, I don't want to give this up. Man, listen, if I ever, listen, all that God has done for me, if I ever, okay, Get in my mind that I'm going to be grieving to give what God is asking me. Oh, man, listen, I put myself in a bad place. And oftentimes, here's what I'm saying, and I'm tying it in for a second, okay? I know this part is kind of tough. I know it's kind of rugged, okay? But look what he says. He says, he says, look what he says. He says, he's, first of all, if you're going to give to God because God is able, Set it in your heart first. So what I always say is this. Pray. God, what you want me to give from my heart? See, your offering and my offering are two different offerings. You have an ability. I have an ability. But here's the thing. We both have a heart. And God says from his word, he says, listen, first of all, I want you to purpose in your heart because giving is a heart issue. You hear what I'm saying? Giving is a what? A heart issue. It's, it has nothing to do with your resources or ability. It has everything to do with your heart. Okay? And look what he says now. He says, each one must purpose in his heart, not grudgingly on a compulsion, for God loves. Man, listen. I, man, listen. I, I'm like, man, how many want God's love? I mean, seriously, like, I want God to love me. Listen. Why would I not do what God loves? <laughs> Come on, help me, somebody. Anybody here don't understand that when you do what he loves, he admires you, he adores you. 
Come on, somebody. And then he turns around and provides for you. But here's where the text takes its turn in verse 8. I had to deal with the context. He says, and God is able. Let's tie it together. Ready? Because you have not sown what? Sparingly, but bountifully. Because you purposed in your what? Heart. You didn't do it under... You know what compulsion means? Out of distress. Okay? Out of... Sometimes... Yeah. Obligated. I'm obligated. I feel obligated. They keep asking. Hardship. Because you didn't do that, here's what God is able to do for you. It's a reciprocation. This promise comes with something that you need today and for the rest of your life. You ready? Watch what you say. Because of that, God is able to make what? Okay, 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 okay. You say, Pastor, what is grace? Why do I need it in this life? Here's the reason why I need grace. First of all, I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. (laughs) Watch this. I know I'm going to mess up at some point between now and by the time I leave church. I may think something. (laughs) I may say something. (laughs) Amen, right? And, And what he's saying is you're not paying for your grace. You're receiving grace because grace is a free gift. So you don't have to act right to get it. All you have to do is purpose in your heart that you want it. He says God is able to make all grace abound to who? You. I can tell when someone has the grace following them and flowing on their lives because I see what's really in their hearts. Your heart. The heart of the believer. Amen. The heart is where everything starts. Let me tell you something about the heart. The word heart in the Greek, the word is cardia. And within your heart flows the issues of life. Throughout your heart comes everything. Your words, your thoughts, everything comes from your heart. But he says, if even in your heart you have any form of grudging or any form of distress or any form of ill will about giving, you're holding up your grace. See, you should have been further along, but grace has taken a break from you. Now, now there's prevenient grace. Uh, There is general grace. Uh, Theologically, there are different types of grace. Okay? So so there's waking up grace. Uh Uh-huh. There's traveling grace. 
Okay? Now, the grace that he's talking about here is the grace for increase. I'm going to say it one more time. Listen, I want some increase. Look what he said. he said. He said, God is able to make all grace abound to who? To you. So that, watch this. Watch this now. The grace that God will give you and I, because he's able. Lord, give me some grace tonight. Come on, let's just add. Lord, just give me some providing grace. Give me some provision grace, God. I need, I need, some, I need some provision grace, God. He says God is able to make all grace abound to who? To you. So that what? So that what? So that what? Read it. Read it for me. Read it for me. So that what? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tell your neighbor God is able. Oh, man. You ready? He says always what? Stop. Not stop. Stop. We read too fast when we read scripture. Always what? I'm in that position right now. I always got and always will have. I may have a dollar, but I got him. I may have 50 cents, but I got him. Okay? I ain't got to do no special tricks to have because guess what? I have. Because I have God's, because God is, oh, come on. God is what? To give you, listen, saints, if you walk out of here today and change your heart, some of us, about giving, you'll get his grace. From today on, you need to start saying, okay, God, I'm giving because I want that grace. I want the grace that will abound in my life so much so that I will always have and I will never lack another day in my life. The context is there. And, and listen, listen, we're talking about finances, but let's talk about favor. Let's talk about you just sitting around and somebody just called, girl, I got something for you. Or, or God just, just orchestrates things in your life where all of a sudden things start. Listen, God will give you the grace to rise up out of that mess and move on to something better. Come on, somebody. That's grace. Because you know what holds you back? Depravity. Deception. Amen. And, and let me say this. The enemy definitely wants you to walk in such a way where you don't believe it. Watch this now. He says God is able to, 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 to do what? To make all grace abound to you so that always having, watch this now, all what? Sufficiency. Sufficiency. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know what that word's? When you have God's grace, that word sufficiency, it means contentment. Watch this. Contentment means you ain't always trying to look around to get more. Because you're enjoying what you do have. 
Why do you think you have so many people dissatisfied in life? Because they're always looking for the next thing because they're not satisfied with what they do have. Oh, I'm sorry. They can't appreciate what they do have. But when you have God's grace, when his grace abounds in your life, you know what that word abound means? It means overflow. It means overtake. It means to cover completely. When God's grace, see you thought I was going to say money. Here's the thing. When God's grace is flowing, when the pipeline is open to you, when the windows of heaven, heaven got windows, you got to decide what kind of window you want. Amen. He says he will open the windows of heaven. Are you with me? He, he will pour you out a blessing where you won't even have room enough. Oh, but God's grace, you know what God's grace does? When he gives you above and beyond what you need and what you have, then you say, you know what? Here, here, you can have some. I don't want to be the cup. I want to be the saucer. <laughs> I want the overflow. You hear me? He says that with all sufficiency, watch this now, in what? In, you see the key words? You see the key words? In what? In everything. Can you imagine if you had sufficiency, contentment in everything you did in life? I'm talking about in everything you did in life. In your relationships, come on somebody, where you work, what you do in life, God says, my grace, because I'm able. Is I'm sufficient. I can give you whatever. I can give you whatever your heart desire. You want Tesla? I'll give it to you. But how are you going to get a Tesla and I can't trust you with a Toyota? Come on now. And if that's the only thing you want from me, come on, you got to aim a little higher. How about getting some peace? How about going to sleep at night knowing that God is able? See, I'm trying to help somebody because here's the thing. I believe we're at that season and that time again where people are worrying about how they're going to make it. You ain't got to worry about how you're going to make it if you're sowing seeds. Are you hearing me? And here's the thing. When you sow, you're going to reap. Here's the principle. If you don't sow anything, don't expect anything. You with me? Look what he says. He says all sufficiency and everything. He says, so you. May have what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why does God want to make you a millionaire? Some of us, we can't even like think about that part right there. God wants to make you a millionaire. Why? So that you will have an abundance for what? So you can help somebody. It's never about you. I spoke to a lady today. She's a millionaire. She's like, man, there's no greater thing, Pastor, than to give. 
You know, she said they went into the Fifth Ward area and they bought this, this apartment complex. And she said, after millions of dollars later, we kept the rent low. We made sure that we took care of the people in the community. You understand what I'm saying? She's like, listen, we wasn't trying to get none out of it, but out of all of that, we were blessed because we just sold it yesterday and made 10 times more what we put into it because our grace was abounding to them and they were passing on the grace to somebody else. Listen, you can't hold the grace for yourself all the time. You got to share it. Everything that God puts in our hands ain't for us. It's not for you. It's, for, it's on loan for somebody else. But here's what he says. He said, because you have so much contentment in this life, because you're so content and you're satisfied. Can I ask you a question tonight? Are you satisfied? Are you content And if you're not, you're lacking his grace. But listen, you should not be that way because God is able. She says, Pastor, wherever I can fit in in your sneaker deal or whatever you want done, fit me in. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to y'all? Yeah, I think y'all miss what I'm saying. Come on. I want to see you, all of you, live with an abundance because God can trust you. And his grace keeps flowing to you. That's, that's what we're going to keep asking. Lord, let your grace flow to me today. Let your grace abound in my life today. Let your grace overflow my thinking today. Let your grace take over every area of my life. Because God, you told me that when you give me an abundance, it is not for me. It is for good what? Deeds. Some of us got it under our mattress. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You think somebody's going to take it from you? Let me just say this to you. Listen, listen. Don't store up treasures on earth. All right? But, but, but let's, let's, let's tell you the name of God is a. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So God is able. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. I want to show you something. How many minutes I got? Oh, man. Y'all got me today. <clears throat> got one scripture. God. I'm about to figure out how to beat y'all next week. Because every week, <clears throat> I get caught up, caught up with her. <clears throat> so what I'm doing is I'm going through all the scriptures where it says God is. Okay, so God is able. Got it? Watch this. Watch this now. First Corinthians chapter 10. Mm-hmm. 
What does it say in verse 12? Oh, go back to verse 6. Remember we did that last week? I illustrated that for you. That, that the children of Israel, you know, they went out there in their wilderness and they had a party. When it says they rose up to play, they played. And they played, the, they played in front of the idol, the, the, the uh, golden calf. I'm going to be clean tonight. Go ahead. <clears throat> See, sometimes we be trying the Lord. But God's able. <laughs> Tell your neighbor I need grace right about there, see. <laughs> you be trying them. All right, don't try them. You know, the serpent going to bite you. Go ahead. This is the part right here, 10. What? Mm-hmm. Let, let me say this. Let me say this real quick. Uh, and why I'm illustrating the, the context, right? Watch this. The one thing that we don't, and this is in um, this is in my lesson from yesterday, but watch this. Sometimes we have a wrong idea of God. We don't think God punishes. But he does punish. And as you can see, whatever they did, when they were idolaters, he punished. When they acted immoral, they, 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 he punished. When they tried him, when they grumbled, he punished. So God still punishes. What do you think this pandemic is all about? Okay? The pandemic is just proving things to us. You see, some of us were, some people were like on the fence about church <laughs> before the pandemic. Right? But when the pandemic came, they're like, woohoo, that's my time to leave. I'm shoot, I'm done with that church. You know what I mean? I ain't gotta go on Sunday, I ain't gotta see them people, man. Good Lord, I can keep my time money, all that. <laughs> but God is able. Okay, but watch this. Can you is it crazy? Is it crazy to open a new church in a pandemic <laughs> when people are falling away from church? Amen. God is what? There you go. Watch this. Okay, you got to watch this word here. These things. So here, here's the thing. Can I ask you a question? Do you learn by other people's example or do you got to go through yourself to learn? See, for me, once I see God whoop on somebody, shoot, I'm flying straight, boy. I'm shoot, I ain't. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You ain't got to tell me twice. That's me. I'm too scared. I didn't come too far to turn back now. Leaning on the Lord. <laughs> okay. So when I see God whooping on, I'm like, man, shoot, I, man, uh-uh, mm, they like that pain. Some people like pain. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, they do it to themselves, and then they're like, woe is me. Look what he said. Now, these things happen to them, 
as an example, and they were written for our what? Upon wh whom the ends of the age have come. Now, verse 12, it says, therefore, because of all the stuff that happened to them, let him who thinks he stands take heed. See, sometimes we can become overly confident in our flesh. See, when he starts bountifully blessing you, don't forget it was grace that got it to you. See, you can stop, you can turn off the grace pipeline. <laughs> you can cut it off. Some of you got chains all on it. <laughs> you got some tape wrapped around it and stuff because, because guess what? Because you haven't, you, you, you haven't learned from what you're going through. And even when God gives you a visible illustration of what other people's going through and you don't do it, you still ain't listening. So watch this. So he says, all right, therefore, <laughs> let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not what? Now, watch this. And I'm going to help somebody with something today. Because you know, you've given yourself an excuse as to why you can't stop what you're doing. All oh, the flesh is weak, Pastor. All oh, my living circumstances. Oh, I just can't. I'm too old. I'm too young. Amen. I don't even know enough. But watch this. He says, but no. What? So stop giving yourself an excuse. Because God is able. But not only is God able, but God is faithful. Let me tell you the only person that will ever be consistent in your life. God. Man, if you're looking for someone to be consistent in your life, God is consistent. He'll always be consistent. Because in his attribute, and this is an attribute that he shares with us. You know what an attribute is, right? It's a quality. When someone's faithful, if they say they're going to be there at 10, they're there at 9.55. And they're there right on time. And they're there when they say they're going to be there. And they're there every week. Every time you need them, that's faithfulness. God shares that attributes with us. May I ask you a question? Are you faithful? <laughs> okay. I missed you on that one. Okay, he said, no temptation <laughs> has overtaken you, but such as is what? Common to man. But watch the text. God's ableness and God's faithfulness collides together. And look what it says. And God is faithful who will not allow who? You. To be what? Tempted beyond what? You. Now watch this. Are you able? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We have to lean on God's ableness and God's faithfulness so that we can execute and experience our ableness. When temptation, when temptation comes, the temptation to fall back, the temptation to give up. Temptation doesn't always have to be about sex, but it does, you know, <laughs> you know some of it, you know. <laughs> She's sleeping. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you how cold God is, okay? God will observe because he's omniscient and omnipresent, right? Remember, you, I, I'm, everybody here a Christian tonight? Is everybody a Christian here tonight? Why y'all act like y'all not Christian? Is everybody here a Christian tonight? Okay, because if you're not sure you're a Christian, this, this, Here's the thing. <laughs> I got three minutes. I got no minutes. If you're a Christian tonight, you have the Holy Spirit with you. So wherever you go, you're taking the Holy Spirit with you. Wherever you are. Right? So, so watch what he says. God is so cold. And God knows that as believers, we will be tempted time and time again. Okay, but watch what he says. He says, but God is able, God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, right? But with the temptation will provide what? See, the problem is you see the exit when you close your eyes. Because you want Let me tell you something about this right here. God will open a door so wide and he'll put bells and lights and he may be throwing a little music up in there and let you know, this is the way out. See the exit sign? If the lights go out, which way are you going? Some of you are going to go back that way. <laughs> If the lights go out, you're supposed to head to the what? The exit sign. But oftentimes, in our temptation, we're like, I don't see no way out. Pastor, I was weak. Dude, you don't understand. God didn't show me no way. God didn't show me no way out. And you keep looking from your left side. When you should be looking to your right side. See? God says, I am so faithful and able that when temptation comes in your life, I open a door. Why have you not taken the door yet? Why do you keep justifying what you're doing without taking the exit? Now, are you taking advantage of God's ableness and God's faithfulness? He says, I will provide... He, he says he will provide a way of what? Escape also. So that you will be what? A so hold on a minute. So that's another attribute that God shares with us. Ableness. See? 
So God is able, you're able because, watch this, because you are depending on him, but then you're paying attention for the exit. God, show me the exit sign. You drive to that man's house, you better think, Lord, please show me the exit sign. You drive to that woman's house, you better say, Lord, show me this. You go in that liquor store, you better, Lord, show me the exit sign. Or whatever, you know what I mean? But no, nah, we ain't doing that. I shoot, I didn't wrestle with my flesh so many times. I'm like, man, no, nah, I ain't doing that. No. Nah. God said, hit exit right here. Nah, shoot, I too much traffic that way. <laughs> Amen. When I first got saved, I had to drive around the liquor store. You understand what I'm saying? Like take the long route because every time I drive, I'm like. And then it didn't make it no better when I was leaving when I was going to seminary. They would have the Hennessy uh, billboard with the ice. And it's just it's sweat. The glass is sweating. And I'm just coming from Bible college, right? And I'm driving home like, I'm like, shoot. And God said, no, go, go, go up. Go up the beltway. Go up the beltway. Stay on the beltway because ain't nothing to exit. You can't exit. <laughs> Stay on the beltway. Pay the toll. Pay the price. <laughs> you with me? Pay the price. Don't go. Don't go. Don't drive up the feeder. Y'all ain't trying to hit. See, I'm trying to help y'all. Tell your neighbor God is able. Give God a hand clap praise tonight. God is able, y'all. God is able. And tonight we learn that God is what? Faithful. And if you are faithful, and if you are a cheerful giver, God will abound his grace to you. I'm ready for God to open the grace pipeline in your life. I, I'm really ready. I'm asking God to open the grace pipeline in your life. That in your heart tonight, you'll say, God, okay, God, okay, I got it. I got it, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do that. And so that when the temptation comes for you to revert back, come on, y'all. God says, I got an exit sign for you. You see, you're never trapped in your situation. Let me help somebody with something. Listen, the only reason you may feel trapped is because you're not paying attention to the exit sign that God has already provided for. So you're never trapped. There's always a way out. And I told you Sunday about the blessings of what? Choices. Amen. And so tonight, if you need prayer, if you're watching online, if you're here today and you need prayer, you say, Pastor, I need prayer tonight. Um, I'm asking God to help me. Amen. I want to be better. I want to take that exit sign. I want to I be able to give cheerfully, to give, you know, to oh, God, I need God to open that grace pipeline in my life. Amen. If you're here tonight and you want to come for prayer, amen. If you want to come for prayer tonight, I want to pray for you tonight. If you're here tonight and you, whatever your situation is, whatever you, whatever it is, whether it's good, bad, or in between, you know, sometimes it's always good to come up and say, Lord, thank you. Just thank you. Thank you, Lord. You, shoot, you've been good to me. You know, people, you know, as a pastor, I don't ever get good news. When somebody call me, they either call me for something, they call and tell me somebody died, somebody's sick, or they, and the only good news I get is when they get married. <laughs> Pastor, I'm getting married. Okay. See, that's the, that's the reality of pastoring. But there are times when you, I remember, I, I'm, I'm Tuesday night, I'm, if you haven't, didn't get it, watch it online. 
Gratitude is something. It's a must. You gotta have gratitude.